This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. Universe's live coverage of SEMA 2016 is proudly brought to you by Forza Horizon 3 for the Xbox One and Windows PCs. Get yourself a copy of Forza Horizon 3 at xbox.com on Xbox Live for your favorite retail. Live once again from 2016 SEMA show four in the Magnafoot booth, graciously hosting us here, I should say. It's the Universe podcast. Uh, I think started off, I should just give a shout out to the Forza team for helping us get us out here. Go get yourself a copy of Forza Horizon 3. I have wasted way too much of my life on it already. It is a ridiculously fun game. And the guys at Fanatec also sent over wheels. Uh, the wheel and pedal setup are better than either of my cars. So buy them because it's better than your car. That's the new slogan. Uh, so this afternoon, coming up at the very end of the show, we've got the BBI crew. How's it going, guys? What's happening? How's it going? Oh, long day, SEMA. You know how it is. You've done enough times. Yeah, true. Right, we just got here, so we're uh, we're not burned yet. Yeah, literally, you just wandered in. Did you guys drive in, or? I drove. He flew. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What do you guys have here for cars this year? Uh, we have, really, we only sent one car out. Yeah? Yeah. And then um, there's three other cars with some of our goodies in them, uh, but we made a pact after last year that we wouldn't do it mm-hmm. at all and we just come into town and hang out yeah you meet guys, people you guys really rushed to get everything together last year i know that was kind of a pain in the ass yeah so this year we said no more sema and then we brought a car that was already fully prepped yeah and that's in the dotson booth you know pdk clutches for the dual clutch they mm-hmm. uh they asked us to bring one of the cars out and they make great products yes yeah. i'm guessing you probably use them quite a bit to hold more power because you people are insane yes yeah yeah yeah. Okay, so what? So now that we're a few years into the generation of 991, I remember when we first started talking about it, you we were like, ah, I don't know about this thing with the new motor or the Metzger. It's, it's better. It's established. I, I know what I'm dealing with. What's your stance on it now? Uh, well, I really like this engine. And not to say anything about the Metzger because it's an amazing, amazing you know, product of evolution. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great engine. Um, I think... That Porsche took a stab at it in the old 996 Carrera engine, 997 intermediate shaft. Then they failed miserably at that because that engine's horrible. That and is then, one of the biggest failures known in automotive. It's, it's yeah, it's really bad. it's a black eye. It really is. And then I mean, there's some guys out there, some shops out there that are building them and they're lasting and they're they're a good engine, but you know they're they're just such a f- departure from the Metzger. It's not even funny. So. This engine is also a far departure, but it's a good engine. Mm-hmm. It's uh, It's got the architecture. To this was a clean sheet design, right? Yeah, clean sheet design, 100%. Um, it's got the architecture to support a lot of NA horsepower, mm-hmm. a lot of boosted horsepower. Um, I mean, they used a lot of nice components stock in there. 
right. You know, they left us a lot of room, big head studs, all that fun stuff, you know, so. So all the stuff that you used to have to go and lean on everybody else to fix, now they're just kind of. Yeah, so, yeah, so now you can do rod studs, pistons, head gaskets, and get a 1,000 horsepower, no problem. So on a, on a Porsche motor, I mean, I'm thinking that, you know, they're probably designing for forced induction, and then just out of that, the normally aspirated high revving motors are just, it kind of fits in there nicely, too, where it's basically then overbuilt for the NA motors. Right? right, very, very modular Yeah, in, in that sense. So, um, you know, they, they a lot of the components are the same from the NA to the the force induction engine, but right. what you do see is that um, it doesn't take much to take an NA engine and put boost to it right now. Mm-hmm. So. And that was, so, architecturally between the 991 uh, first gen and the point two, how much, I mean, other than, obviously they added turbos and dropped displacement, was the motor pretty close? Or? Well, no, the, now the, the point two is actually quite a bit different. So before, the old engine had a single high-pressure fuel pump on running off the exhaust cam on the driver's side. Now it's closer to the GT3 where they have two individual pumps running off each individual uh, intake camshaft on, you know, per bank. Uh, they're running a lot more line pressure, the small 3-liter and 2.7 probably a little bit less stressful having it split over two banks rather than just everything on one bank. Right, right. yeah, and then, then you have a lot more room on the, the front side of the engine for other things like mm-hmm. vacuum pumps and, you know, you can now have variable exhaust cam timing and monitor that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different things, even down to the cylinder lining. And I don't know 100% about what the 2017 car is, but it, it's a plasma-based coating that... Is oh, sprayed is it, on. It's like the what the Ford G, the Ford was using and the Nissan's using that sort of a thing. Yeah, very close to okay. that. Instead of the Alucil and then the traditional Nicosil before, mm-hmm. so it's uh it's really tough. It's hard to mess up, and it's uh. Is it just super super hard? Is that what it is? Or? Yeah, and then you get that you get that nice dissimilar material properties. You know, so you have a very dissimilar materials between the piston, the ring, and the and the um, the coating on the cylinder. So you know. You can you can hone it however you want. You can beat on it. it, it in essence, it's very hard. Yeah, yeah. So is it? So now that we've got the 2.7 motors out there, is it for somebody that buys one of those cars? Let's say 10 years down the road when those things are dirt cheap in the market and you can buy them for 15 grand, is it going to be reasonable to be able to just go and bore those out and bring them up in displacement and throw bigger turbos on that? Or is there? Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, I wouldn't even go up in displacement. I just turn the boost up and put rods in it. You know, yeah. <laughs> so just. You know, I don't think it's going to be hard to make 600 horse out of that engine. Okay. And, and uh, right now it's hard because we haven't found a tuning solution for it yet. I know Cobb's working on it, and I call them... Completely new ECU? Yeah, complete new ECU, completely new... You know, everything's new on it. Um, so it's not like the, the Dot one architecture. So, like, Dot one is like the shortest-lived Porsche architecture ever, basically. Right? Yeah, that sucks because we just got used to it. You know, we just now are tuning them and now getting the clutches in them and the, the changing all the fuel systems out so you can run some serious power through it. But. Is there any indication at this point how different like the, the Dot 2 GT3 is going to be versus the Dot 3 in terms of the engine? I don't know. I don't know enough. I think it. The, I think it's going to be very close to the first generation GT3 engine minus some coatings and maybe some upgrades, you know, different you know, I just so hard to tell. I have got zero indication of it. I mean, if you asked me six months ago, I would have said it's going to be turbocharged. You know, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. 
when I was talking to uh, I was talking to Alex Shark, you know, yeah. Sharky for Sharkworks a few weeks ago for people that you know, aren't really familiar. And uh, when I was talking to him, I was like, we just kicking around the idea. And we're like, what the hell are they gonna do to get beyond the current setup in the GT3 RS? Because it's just like, how much are you, how much more power are you gonna be able to drag out of a streetable, normally aspirated motor without throwing turbos on it? Everything has to be variable, you know, like variable intake runners, variable cams, variable everything. I mean, you look at the new, it's crazy. The Well, to answer that question, I think the boost. You're going to need boost. It's going to have to. Yeah. But then you look at the Carrera S, and it has every single water circuit on it has a has a variable valve that, that is actuated by the ECU. The, the water pump itself is a variable volume water pump. You know, in order to like meet the efficiency requirements and and really still make the horsepower, you can't. You have to have such a dynamic platform. You know, traditional anything mechanical in a traditional sense that's non-variable is only works at one peak efficiency range, right? You you get to pick where it is, but you know, if you have a solid camshaft or whatever, your power is here. But then you make it variable. You try to make it as wide as you can, but. Ultimately, you do peak. Yeah, and that's why all these cars have buttons. You press sport comfort. You have power, not power. PDK, sport plus, blah, 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 shocks, this and that. It's because, first, you there's a couple things that the public doesn't want such a focused car. They want a dynamic car that can do everything. I want to go 200 miles an hour and pick up groceries and not have my wife get mad at me because it's too loud and have Bluetooth. You know, so... But yeah, I mean, those are the capitulations that Porsche had to make when, you know, they learned from the Cayenne that, like, look, if we make this stuff more livable, we sell a lot more. Right. And that came into, I mean, much to a lot of people's chagrin, but it came into the 99, you know, especially the 991 line. Yeah. You and see that they really, really wanted to expand their addressable it's a, market. It's a, it's much closer to a GT car now. It, that's what I say. I, I say that not the, not so much the GT3, but the 991 Turbo is a nice touring car. I'd say even like Carrera S's. You know, yeah, it's, a G, yeah. it's a GT car. Yeah. I mean, but and, and that's why we see a billion of them in California now. Right. It's because before it was kind of it was a little raw for people. A little raw. Yeah. And now like the third pedal thing and, and all that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's now it's a little more palatable to the people that wouldn't have even considered it before. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're all purists. We all love all of that, but the you know, stick shift and the, the NA and everything. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to also embrace technology, and it's fun to check out. And when you yeah. when you focus that that when you take that that wide spectrum of what that car is now, and then you can focus certain areas of it, it's pretty cool to watch. It's um, it's a it's still a rewarding drive. It's still fun to do. It still is engaging. It's not you know it's not. It's not like a. Um, it's not as numb as, you know. But you got to tweak right. on it a little bit. But right. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, everything's the tech leeches into everything. I mean, I've seen the only really raw one that's left is the five R. Yeah. That's the only full batshit crazy Beast. one left. Yeah. We're just talking about that today. Yeah. That's going away very very soon. I yeah. mean, even I mean the vet's gotten all. It's all tech laden too, and it's just like, to me. Like the 997 and the C6 vet were like the last of the fully analog, and then Viper is the real last of it. Yeah, Viper's still at the party, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're the last. They're but closing the, out the bar. That's yeah, why they're done though. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, there's one, there's one dealership buying up the remaining yeah. Viper inventory now. Wow, and wow, that's how close to the end we are. Wow, yeah. I mean, what a proven package though, right? That that for for a raw track speed. I mean, the thing's a beast. It's funny. 
Fiat Chrysler is always they get really good right when they're going to kill something. Uh, That's right when it gets good. And yeah. I should thank Fiat Chrysler for loaning me a Dodge ProMaster fan <laughs> on the way out here. <laughs> thank but you, Fiat Chrysler, for it is is a great thing. But you know, uh, sometimes the truth is, is is a little harsh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That it's it's wild that that car with that's so raw, and you could see it being as fast as some of the most digital cars out there. You know, and the, yeah. mo- the most wild supercars. The 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 most thing that any engineer could dream up you have this I call it a no offense a, a, a truck with a V10 in it you know and it just kicking ass you it's, know? it's it's a sledgehammer approach yeah exactly through a big brute, motor in it brute I, force and ignorance I, just do you it you know the chassis is pretty good on yeah, that yeah. I mean the car stops it turns it has amazing aero they, giant, they solved the mechanical grip problem by just well we'll put gigantic tires on it yeah. And then they threw arrow everywhere, and lo and behold, you put those things together, and you basically just built a race car. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it's a, that, that's a cool car. One of our customers has one, and uh, when we're doing the setup on it, we're just looking we're like, ah, that's pretty crude, but it works, that's you know? Yeah. It works really well. It holds all kinds of lap records. So. Yeah. It works really well. Yeah. So there's something to be said about throwing all that stuff together and just hammering. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's just interesting seeing other people going into the market. I mean, now McLaren's at the low end with the with the 570, so yeah. they're in turbo territory. Yeah. And that's an impressive, that's a really impressive that's car, That's a too. really good car, yeah. Uh, I mean, Porsche's got them beat on the reliability aspect, but, you know, the McLaren, I, I give them a little bit of slack. I'm like, these are all still new platforms to them. Yeah. You know? It's still like the, ro- they still have the romance of this car manufacturer, even though they've been around forever, but then they, they really just hit the mass market, yeah. you know, the last, what, They were an engineering years? firm. They weren't yeah. a manufacturer. Right, right. You know? Yeah, they're like almost like Apple-ish kind of, you know, and then they say, hey, let's yeah. manufacture cars. Yeah, especially when you look at their facility. It's yeah. just like, yeah, it, it does. It looks like an Apple store. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, they're, they're, oh, they're right up we, there. They're like one of the few that I would put up there, like them and Porsche, like as far as the raw tech in these cars go, I think they're, they're the only ones that really, I mean, Italians do some cool stuff, but it's not quite the same as right. what those guys are doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then they got their their GT4 program coming out soon for the 570, which is going to be pretty cool for customer sport. Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. Um, yeah, there's 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 so much wildness happening in the automotive industry right now, and so much change. And you see the most stubborn, staunch people. I mean, for example, when I worked at Porsche, I remember them saying, "Never will we ever have a diesel in a car." And then the Cayenne, you know. And, and then, then they got bought by Volkswagen. Yeah, and then, uh, and then well, we're not going to talk about what else ha- transpired from that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and then you say, we'll, not, we'll never have the engine in the middle of a 911. And then look what happened with this RSR. Yeah, they crept it forward like a half inch every year. Well, now yeah. they're in 2017, the Porsche RSR is now a mid-engine race car yeah yeah and how so, far forward is it no i mean it's mid-engine i mean it's, the transmission's behind it oh okay yeah it's, so it's they a, how far is like the very front of the engine is it like right behind the rear seats yeah or, right um, behind the front seats or right behind the front yeah, seats rather yeah yeah, yeah. and that's, that's it's always been right behind the rear yeah seats. that's <laughs> not and that's not the uh production car but that's the race car and i don't i've i've tried i've been so far out of the loop on that stuff but i've tried reading into it and apparently again porsche found the spirit of the rule and they found some sort of loophole that was written for a front-wheel drive car and i could be way off mm-hmm. but they ended up putting the engine forward so I, 
I posted something on our Instagram the other day about it, and it, it brought up a lot of. I just get a big question mark: yes or no? What do you guys think? Yeah. And I kind of talked about the air cooled going from the 993 to the 996. You know, and I was really listening to the motorsport department, and um, you know, watching watching everything there. And they said, well we have to build a better car than the 993 and everybody thought that that was impossible there's a no way and then they well they I don't know what your definition of better is but really faster car right and then yeah. so they went water cooled they had to and then I mean, there was you know racing and then now now they're moving the engine from the back to the front or to the middle um, but it's been kind of pretty close to mid engine for a well, while well you know you're like 40 42 to 45 percent front you know between 60 and on the on the high end 60 rear up down to 55 we've got some of the cars down to you know but so how, i mean the the engine has been sitting kind of mostly forward of the rear axle for a while isn't it well it's forward of the rear wheel arch but the okay. the, the, the the they're just they're trying in the 991 you really saw them push they cut the bell housing down and they pushed the, the differential as close to the engine as possible and then shoved the whole engine forward. So they're, they're, they're moving it that way. I, do you think we'll see it in the consumer car? Probably in a different chassis. I don't know, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, look back in 98 with the GT1, right? That was a loose interpretation of some rules, and they won Le Mans with it. So they, it, it was considered a 911, but it was a turbocharged mid-engine water-cooled beast in 98. How funny is this going to be? We're going to have the 911 where the engine was in the wrong place and the Corvette where the engine was in the wrong place. We're both moving right to the middle Everybody, in like yeah. the next two years. You know why? Ford GT came out and they're just like, you know, like, oh, shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn that's it. A, that's yeah. not a Mustang. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Yeah. No. So, you know, the, it's the racing side breeds, I should say, sometimes people are very staunch about what they say. This will never happen. This will never happen. But then you want results. And what happens? You you have to go against what you sometimes believe, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still I'm still in the middle of the road on it. I, I like it. I don't care. I want results. You know, I like. You know, if I want to, if I'm a purist, fine. I'll go drive a early 911. Mm-hmm. It's really, not like those cars are disappearing. No, no, no. They're I mean they're gaining popularity year by year. They're people are bringing them out of the woodwork, doing fun things with it, modifying it. That. The aftermarket side of things is massive, yeah. massive right now, and everybody personalizing them and putting their own touch and their own flavor on everything, and it's bringing some pretty, pretty awesome creativity. How much development is going on with the new turbo motors? I mean, you said the ECU's locked, but is that on the new, new tool? Yeah, on the yeah. new, new ones. It's, it's just a matter of time; it'll be unlocked. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I've made this mistake before where I hit hardware hard prior to the ECU being done. And then you don't, you know, the, the, the computers are so smart now that it doesn't matter what you do to the car. It has a, a torque value that it needs to hit based on air, an airflow model that you, you hit. So if you're running 18 pounds of boost and you put a free-flowing exhaust on it or you go to the track and you want to do bigger turbos or whatever, it just turns the boost down. It requests a boost down to make its peak target. So you get one, one Hail Mary of more horsepower and that's it. And then yeah. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, so it, it, it literally just hits a target, you know, and based on how it gets there, there's a number of things. There's timing, throttle, and boost on a turbo engine. So it'll just mitigate that until it gets back to where it's comfortable. 
We talked to one of the guys from Dynan earlier, and they said that they built like a software program to, that was just constantly trying to hack the ECU and just left it running for like a year. Yeah, like that's what it takes now for for some cars. Well, the, yeah, no, the, and that's BMW has been ahead of in the security side of things in Porsche for a long time until about now. Now, I think you know because I remember that, for example, like two years ago that was the uncrackable ECU and then you got guys like Dynan running simulation on it to get past the you know the um, the, the the lock for a year at a time yeah, but every time I see this I just go why why do they even bother because the thing is is that they don't want people in, I mean literally don't want people in yeah. they literally don't want people they went to legislation I think a couple of German companies went there uh, maybe more, maybe American companies, maybe a lot, but they wanted to make pass a law saying that you can't modify their ECU. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and that like, luckily got shot down. With yeah, the because the service laws. But yeah, they're, they're like, wait, that's my car. I paid money for it. Yeah. So I'll I'll paint it pink if I want it. You know who gives it? You know. But I think that's how, that's how it's causing a problem right now with Harley Davidson, is they they like sell. I think they sell an aftermarket ECU in the shop. And they they just got in trouble because it's like oh you're selling something that then skirts around the admissions the emissions That's, laws that we created. Yeah. So I wonder how those will intersect. I think it's just I think that's very brazen though. Is yeah. the manufacturer you can't be the one selling the thing to avoid your own emissions <laughs> regulations? Yeah, that's that's. Uh... Well, but but I, I'm like I hope it doesn't happen. I'm wondering you have the one side which is I should I should legally be allowed to change the thing I buy, and the other side is. If you make it possible for a person to change that thing, like maybe that will be the legislation on the other side. Is well, if, we, if we make it possible for them to change it, then they can skirt the law. That's what the manufacturers are doing. I think what they're doing is saying, look, I want to make it illegal, but we can't because, yeah, it's yours. But there are laws that you will break if you if you do it. So they're putting roadblocks in the way. And, you know, more or less, there's warranty issues, right? There's, yeah. Well, that's, that's what I was getting to is that the warranty issue thing, like, you take a car in for service. You can see that the ECU is flash, when, but, so you avoid it anyway. Yeah, but when's you know? the last time you heard a manufacturer saying, we're sick of getting stuck with warranty claims, that's why we're doing this? No, it's about emissions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, they're 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 using that as a scapegoat, you know, without saying we're sick and tired of paying for blowing up shit that we didn't do. I wonder that's if, if that's a smart. Agency. Yeah. Yeah. As a yeah. matter of fact, so, that may have been what took Mitsubishi down. Yeah. I wonder how often that happens, or if, if that like is a tiny just drop in the bucket of, of issues for them, and if they can figure it out. I think it's a small drop in the bucket, but it's still it's still one outside their control that they don't like to have to deal with. You know, right. so you know, it'd be like me building a race car, mapping it, and then the customer running out there and be like, "Oh, I know you said for me to run 100 octane all the time, but fuck, 87 so much cheaper." And so I tried to remap it, you know, it, but your engine blew up, so here, fix it. You're right, like, oh. Right. Yeah. So the, it's a double-edged sword, you know. No, I, I understand. I get it, you know. Yeah. But you can't fight the people. We're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, even Somebody. if they do, even if that did all stop, everybody just goes down. Yeah. That's. Yeah. It's just yeah. more complicated. Especially now. Or, or, we're just all gonna, or we're just going to buy old-ass cars and get back to carburetors and make those things, you know. It's like, I, fuck it. I, no. I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talked to Musto. I mean, he just put uh, TFI on his Daytona and picked up like 80 horsepower at the wheels, and it runs way better. And you Jesus. know, it's making beast power. Yeah. So it's like 
it, carbs are fun, and then you're like, well, I wish this kind of had a little more the, complexity uh, to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of the guys over at uh, Motor Train have been doing in Hot Rod have been doing those Engine Master shows. Yeah. Have you seen those? Yeah. Yeah. Where they they've been exploring the stuff and they debunk it. And they're like, yeah, see this right here? Here's your here's your power curve with the carbureted engine. Oh, look at that! Another 50 horsepower. All we did was change the intake to. That's an, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just because it's like dump. It's just a gas-powered pressure washer at that point. The carburetor just through vacuum and archaic whatever yeah. you know floats and shit. It it says okay, well the engine's kind of pulling this much gas, so I'm going to give it that much. You know the whole when time. When it comes to trimming a fuel table, I never want to hear the words Venturi effect. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're very they're very simple. Where they're like buckets, just yeah. like more buckets, yeah. and less buckets. Yeah, just, Venturi effect means restrictor that speeds up airflow. You yeah, know, that's it. Yeah. So we're we drinking wine now. Or? Yeah, <laughs> Venturi. <laughs> yeah, that's um, it's a. Uh, I mean, as complex as an engine is, it hasn't been for so long. And now that technology is catching up, we're able to kind of explore a lot. Uh, we were talking earlier about like the variability of turbochargers and camshafts and intake runners and exhaust systems and flaps and this. And everything's controlled by the ECU now to, to make a bigger power curve and make a more efficient car when you're not on the power. Helps on exec with the uh, valveless engines. So oh, I love free that. valve, yeah. Yeah, that stuff's amazing. I love all that. You know, I like that technology. I, I'm enamored with it. That's why I'm, I'm gung-ho. Like, I, I'm a purist by, by way of nothing's better to drive than an early 911, in my opinion. You have that connection with the car, but there's just something so rad about dual clutch transmission that spends time in two gears that just kind of goes click click and uh you know direct injection where the injection the fuel rail pressure is higher than the the, the pressure inside the combustion chamber at yeah. certain points of it's fire 21,000 psi yeah, fuel pressure. it's yeah, atomizing yeah. fuel in an already pressurized sometimes depending on where you are in the cycle of the engine in a pressurized environment and it fires three and four times per cycle you know that to me that shit's cool um mm-hmm. but you know, it does, getting back to it, I mean, the early 911s are so hot right now because, I mean, they're undeniable once you drive one. You, you have that connection. It gives you goosebumps. It just, uh, you know. And I, I still maintain that they, they're, kind, they're, they're medium exotic, but they work. Yeah. You know, a vintage Ferrari, not going to work. No, a vintage they're, whatever, they're not going to work. And you can hammer the shit out of an early 911. Beat the death out of it. That's what, I mean, look, what do you do to a safari car? You put skid plates on it and long-travel dampers, and you've got to... Well, oh yeah, you guys just shot Lee Keen's car. Yeah, yeah. Lee's like stock transmission stuff, right. just dropping, dropping clutches and trying. Right. So you guys like are going, jumping going, this thing, getting going. sideways everywhere with with thirty one inches. No tires. rattles in that car, and I know that they went through it. But I'm like, I'm sitting there as we're driving over big, you know, tennis ball sized rocks, and I'm not hearing wiggles, and I'm not hearing door hinges do anything. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? that 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 really hammered home to me. Like these are very well built cars. Yeah. But do you think when you just shut the door? You can tell it's, it's like a bank vault when you shut the door. I mean, that was using the old German steel. Do you think the new cars would be would hold up to that abuse still? That I don't think so. No, I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, not that things had to get cars. lighter and thinner because of MPG nowadays. So, like, well, that's yeah. probably part, some, part like, of it. Old German know. steel was famous for its durability yeah, you in terms sh- of like it wouldn't really rust through, and you could <laughs> just you could pound on it with a sledgehammer and barely move. Yeah, yeah. No, I, you there is some fragility to to going light and. At the same token, trying to be cost-effective, right? You have to, you have to. I mean, there's, there's so many obstacles that car manufacturers have to dance around. And you know, the passionate ones inside that firm are like, "Fuck! If we could just 
give me this. You know, oh, no, sorry, that's not in the budget. Or no, sorry, the 98,000 cars that we're going to build, half of those people won't want that. So we need, yeah. to, we need to expand our addressable market and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it just goes back to that whole thing. When you really want to see what an auto manufacturer can do, go look at their motorsport department. You know, go look, go, and that's simple. It's don't don't take it away from them because they had to meet some sort of criteria. But I don't know. I wonder how long it would be. It'll be before we see a, uh, a carbon monocoque 911. Fifteen years, maybe. You think like I don't 20? even. I don't even think that far out. Less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's probably just on the supply side of like raw materials manufacturing costs and as that grows which it is real fast rapidly it'll just go all right now what can, oh we have the door for this we can do this cool let's well do we that. were talking about that earlier and the carbon's starting to hit that economy scale point where yep. like it's getting <clears throat> kind of cheap yeah yeah and you look at you look at the manufacturing processes and technology and even just down to chemicals you know you look at okay the mclaren f1 400 hours to build that chassis mp4 four hours Whoa. Yep. So, you, Whoa. Look, you know, obviously technology and molds and, mm-hmm. and, and all this 20 stuff. 20 years. Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, that now you're starting to get into a feasible area, you know. And, I mean, as you said, the 570, look at the price point. It's coming down. It's knocking on 991 Turbo Territory, yeah. you know. And there's not, I mean, there's, it's just one of those things. It's like, you got to pro- you got to well, I mean, you can buy, you can buy, I mean, granted, it's not going to hold up the same way, but an Alpha 4C is a, is a, is a carbon yeah, chassis. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, BMW i3 is yeah. a full carbon car. Yep. Uh, i8 as well, and you know, the, uh, not a cheap car, but I mean, still not like crazy expensive. And, and I think the i3 is that experiment in. They know they're not going to sell fifty thousand of them or you know a hundred thousand yeah. a year, but it's an approachable price. It's a forty-five thousand dollar car, and it's like this thing's full carbon. It's, that's definitely an experiment. Well, hell, the I mean, uh, the C7s. Out of that's carbon because yeah. the hood, the front clip, the front fenders, and the roof are all carbon on that. It's all just going to yeah. slowly once melt. They, now. Once they introduce the carbon composite, it's kind of taking over closer on that. Even interface. Yeah, that's. It's just look at. I mean, it's just a matter of time. You you look at the you look at the guys who, you know, you look at Koenigsegg, right? He's he's doing what all the other guys want to do. Who he's not reinventing. I mean. Okay, he's doing a lot, but he's not like I'm, he's not he's not flying to Mars and colonizing it right now. He's compared. That's to, the other car guy. Yeah, but I'm just <laughs> what I'm saying is, it's not that these manufacturers can't. It's just that they have this design criteria that they have to yeah. work within that, that that leaves them a handcuffed and searching for other creative avenues to keep costs down and weight down. But then you have the bespoke builders who are just saying, "Oh fuck, I don't play by those rules." Check this out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to 3D print an entire turbo, or I'm going to yeah. have uh, no camshafts, or you know, the, you know. The no camshaft one is the coolest one to me. Is that 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 solenoid-driven, you know, uh, exhaust and intake is. You can control your ramp speeds and angle. I mean, yeah. it's just infinitely. And the unfortunate thing is, I don't know if we'll ever see that in application because that just keeps getting pushed out and pushed out and pushed out. And by the time that I think is ready to hit the market, in the real market, like a significant portion of the market is going to be electric at that point. Ooh, yeah. That's well, that's yeah. That's that's. I mean, also, the mandate. What was it last week or two weeks ago that the German government said that by 2025, 2025, right? No German car can be ICE anymore. It all has to be electric. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Like, yeah, we're we're living in such a wild, interesting time that you know 
I mean, talking to my wife's grandfather, you know, he he's 80 years old, always been a car guy, you know, used to hot rod cars with Chip Foose's dad up in uh, Santa Barbara. And I just sit down and, you know, talk to him. I'm like, did you ever, when you were my age, dream that this is where cars would be? You know, did you... Did oh, you spaceships. Yeah, did you ever... Th- the he Jetsons. Goes, and he just said, not in my wildest dreams, but it happens so fast. He goes, it's like you, you go wake up, you, you go to sleep, you wake up, you go to sleep. The next thing, oh, cool, we got navigation. Holy shit. Even when he said it was fuel injection came out, he was blown away. He was just like, wow, you know... With a vet, with a Jetronic, what was it called? I forgot what it was called. In '63, they did a uh, fuel injection, I think it was. But he was telling me about that, and then also an EFI. And so, what you know, and as we all know, technology is non-linear. So, yeah, I think we're I think we're very quickly coming up on kind of, and it's kind of sad, but it, we're coming up on that peak of what we're going to get out of an ICE. Yep. Uh, it's it's, and I think we're going to hit that wall. The, sooner than we thought we were. But the problem is the technology in both internal combustion and electronic or electric engines are they're both rising at such a rapid rate. I have a feeling that by the time we can really fully embrace what an IC IC can really its truest potential, I think it's going to be as you said, it's going to be too late. Technology will be it, it, technology is going to deem it obsolete. It'll but, be a novelty for Ferraris and shit like that. At right. That point. Right. Right, and that's that's a sad fucking time, you know. That's like it is, it, but it's then it comes back to technology and shit. I drive my my buddy's Volt every once in a while. I love it. <laughs> Damn, this thing's kind of cool yeah. to drive. That that'll be the interesting thing though is as we as we find the potential of internal combustion engines and people get used to it and want it and want it and want it. Well, the electric cars have to give the people what they want as well, especially if. Ferrari wants to become electric and Porsche wants to become electric. Like, they can't then step down a huge amount and deliver... You know, they can't make, like, their, let's say, fourth-generation electric Ferrari that is on par with a 355 as right. far as speed goes. Like, they need to keep up with the Joneses, so maybe I don't, they'll develop that as well. I don't think that... Oh, are you talking about internal combustion or... or no, I, I'm saying if the, if the electric version of, like... If the electric version of an but, F12... Right. They can't have that performance be... Uh, down, drop down to like a 355. No, 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 no. They need to keep so so it, as our internal combustion engines get so good and so fast and so everything, it's going to be like I feel like it'll be more of a parallel move as far as the physical sensation and performance for electric. Yeah, I don't think the, the electric side is going to have a problem with performance at all. I, I think I believe uh, McLaren already said their next their next supercar is going well whatever you want to call it at this point. I mean, their super-duper extra special car yeah, yeah. is going to be, is they've already said, it's going to be full electric. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think um, it's, it's going to be a funky time. You know, it, it, the, the cool part is that they're hopefully, unless it becomes like one of those crazy movies where Sylvester Stallone pulls out a, <laughs> pulls out his, like, what was that movie called where he pulled out the, the Charger or whatever it was in the future, and he's like, yeah. What that thing runs on gas, you know? Like, I hope it doesn't become that because. Oh, uh, not Demolition Man, was it? Maybe it was. Maybe I'm thinking the wrong. Was it, or was it Judge Dredd? Was it Judge Dredd? Yeah, I think it was Judge Dredd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, fuck. I don't want it to become. I'm allowed to swear on this, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't want it to become that. I. I would love for the masses to always have their electric and they're clean and they're this. But dude, what's going to happen with batteries? There's going to be a time where. You want to talk about changing oil? 
Dude, we're gonna we're gonna have a time where we're gonna yeah, have to figure out what the fuck we're gonna do with batteries. I think they're they're working on that. Like, now be. the nice thing is is on on lithiums are largely recyclable, so that that works out. But I mean, we're at a wall right now with efficiency on lithiums that. There are a There's, lot of different things working yeah. on it. I think I think we're actually going to get away from batteries. I think we're going to capacitors. Um, there are some really because supercapacitors can be charged instantly if you've got a big enough source, and they can discharge their entire bank right. instantly if you want them to. So, like the power delivery level can be absolutely insane. And the other thing is, is they're not they are not prone to the elastic wear and tear of a battery. As good as a lithium iron or a lithium phosphate or a lithium polymer battery is at maintaining versus all the old crap, you know, from nickel hydrate and NICAD stuff we had, it still has a finite lifespan of, you know, X thousand cycles. It still has cycles, yeah. yeah, yeah. Versus a capacitor does not suffer that. It's just super But how do we keep that capacitor? How do you keep it charged? Yeah. It's going to be on the grid. Hey, but the passive is, charging, like non non contact charging, the whole time. Uh, you could do inductive, although that's pretty inefficient. But like, if you have, let's say you've got a car with a supercapacitor bank, um, you could provide it. You have enough amperage, you could literally charge it instantly, hmm. remotely, or would you have to plug in? No, plug in, but it, it would be no big point. I mean, it'd be no different than a gas. I mean, maybe you could have you know parallel system. You have lithium ion, and then you have capacitors. You leave your house with everything charged up, and that's your that's your boost button. And then as well, you the drive, like yeah, the you can charge off the thing. Boost at that point. Yeah, have I mean, some aggressive and, and, regen to hit the capacitors back. And right. You know, they could have all these like that's your sport button or your street button or your comfort yeah. mode. And, and I know they are working on the technology too remotely, kind of like the cell phones now, how you can just set it on a pad and charge it. Mm-hmm. But you're saying that's the same thing with cars, where you park under. Or on, like yeah. A pad or, you know, so you know the, the the Samsung phones that are all catching mm-hmm. on fire. Yeah. Well, one of the biggest contributors to that was its inductive charging because inductive charging is pretty inefficient in terms of energy transfer. But it doesn't matter with the phone because you're not drawing that much anyway. But what it's really inefficient is in the amount of heat generated and a lithium a lithium iron uh, battery or lithium phosphate battery pack for its size is about is thir- in, in terms of volume is about as third as powerful as dynamite is. So it's incredibly volatile when you start heating it up and things go boom quickly. Yeah. So which is why you don't want to do inductive. And it also introduces a lot of wear and tear on battery too. Hmm. Um, because of lack of efficiency. Gotcha. And the yeah, thermal, yeah, and just the like heat, is, heat is the enemy of a battery. Yeah. Yeah. Just but if like that technology else. could transform to the capacitors, then... Yeah, if, a capac- if you do it with a capacitor, just the only thing is it would be inefficient in terms of getting that energy. Getting to the capacitor. You know what we're talking about right now? This is like F-Zero or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. like you're like driving and you and you go, like, oh, choose this lane and you go over the arrow and all of a sudden you have nitro boost. Yeah. Like you could drive across F-Zero, like an instant it. induction yes. and then shoot. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not an unrealistic just future. double pedal down. That's crazy. You know what else, guys, <laughs> the wheelie. that yeah. I'd like to remind everybody here of is this is my first SEMA I've ever fucking talked about electric cars on a podcast. Is it? Yeah. I, this is it. You know, Came so, up quick, didn't it? Yeah, it's, it's going to happen. It's mm-hmm. as, uh, this is a, I'm having this little out-of-body realization here that... Uh, well, like, I've even heard there's rumors of a 911 chassis running similar electronic chassis... Or similar electronic technology to the 918. So, oh, I don't doubt that. Yeah, so second. eventually, yes, we are going to have these forced induction or hybrid models... I mean, if there's a the if there's board. a worthwhile prototype, Porsche's going to build it. There's yeah. a fucking box full of hamsters on wheels exactly. kicking around in Stuttgart yeah, somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> Angry hamsters. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Is there any other kind, really? No, no. Yeah, and 
it's a Volkswagen. They're 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 hard on the electric car. You know that's yeah. that's their that's their their next big push. Audi's been flirting with it for a Audi's, long time. Audi's out of WEC and and they're not doing Le Mans anymore because they're going to focus on the, the um, Formula Formula E. I mean, think about that. They're leaving. Well, obviously they're leaving the because the car's a diesel powered monster, but they're leaving all of that behind. 18 years of success to focus on Formula E. Very weird. Well, it's not in a sense of what we're talking about here. It's weird from, like, a am a race car guy. I love race cars. But it's not weird when you guys are talking about by 2025, everything has to be. And look everything at look where a lot yeah. of, well, I don't know. It's I used to think the romance of, look at where a lot of the diesel technology came from, from the Audi program, right, from the, the LMS car. Well, who knows where it came from. But it's, now they're going to probably apply from the maniacs and the eat the Formula E side, get that into the street stuff with efficiency. I mean, efficiency is everything when it comes to that, right? Well, that's going to be a duty cycle in racing that you yeah. just don't see in a street car, well, by any sane person. Right. Um, I mean, they, and they also, I was reading about it, like, they, it's cost them a billion bucks a year to run the Le Mans program. So, if they leave now and divert all those resources and all that's all those smarts and those geniuses to making, like, to winning Formula E, they could then set themselves up to win 15 years of Formula E. Right. I bet you they're getting some heavy tax credits, too, for R&D going into Formula E. Absolutely, yeah. especially when yeah. the government mandates that, you know, in nine years, you can't even have an internal combustion well, engine come out of your factory. That and after VW's little diesel. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the elephant in the room with that whole thing. Yeah. That's a really, I mean, that is the most pragmatic move they could do is, oh, this is a mandate. Might as well start now. Why, yep. you know, why should we wait five years? We already won the fuck out of this race. Badly. I mean, yeah. we, we destroyed this yeah. race. Might as well just go do this next thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is a weird time as the, you know. It's exciting the to be a part needed of, and, and but it's, it's a bummer. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. the F1 program. Mercedes, they excel at what they do because they already had the development of all the turbos. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that was the most brilliant engine design idea that I've seen in a long time. Let's split the impellers. Why not? Yeah. Jeez. Why not? Everyone probably thought everybody went, else is playing catch-up. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't any of us say? I mean, it's such a simple thing. It's just like, well, we'll put a rod through the block, and then that takes I mean, care I did of it. Yeah. I told you. Oh, that's right. You were supposed to tell Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You forgot. Yeah, I forgot about that. It Sorry. Happens. I got busy with work. I have it at my house. Yeah, I got busy with emails. It's yeah, easy. Right? yeah. It. Yeah. I, I, t- I tweeted it. And I think I got a post-it note somewhere. <laughs> Does that count? So genius. So genius. Yeah. Those fuckers. But it, it's like a simple, it's a dead simple idea. Not a one of us thought of it. Uh, it yeah. It's it's sometimes, yeah, it's just like they all say, you got to fully, fully understand what's inside the box before you go too far outside of it. You know, and they're just mm-hmm. like, well, I got the box. <laughs> <laughs> Has Porsche started integrating the, uh, the turbo manifold right into the cylinder head yet? No, I haven't seen that in any Porsche engine yet. Okay. Yeah. 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 If you work. What do you think yeah. about that? As far as them not doing it and other cars doing it, what is your take from a performance enthusiast? Well, it's, it also comes down to packaging with the flat engine and the lower gl- low ground clearance. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I saw it was in the Honda CRZ. Yeah. Um, we got commissioned like I think in 2012 or 11, 12 maybe. Uh, build them three turbo kits for those cars and um it was awesome i just took looked at uh this one hole coming out of the back of the block (laughs) instead of all right let's put a turbocharger right there you know i mean from an efficiency standpoint it looks good you know but 
I don't know. Um, from a packaging standpoint on a flat engine, it might be difficult, you know? Yeah, I can see where that would be. It's interesting just because we're seeing it. I think I think GM's pushing the one that's pushing it the hardest right now because all the 3.6 turbo motors are like that these days. It's it's interesting from a packaging standpoint, but that is obviously a very different packaging yeah. setup from the Like on a V, it works on, a, especially because those are those 3.6 turbos. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if the sky's the limit on the port design and you're not too worried about heat loss through the aluminum, you know, and you're trying to get all that energy into the turbocharger, it leaves out one step of manufacturing, right? Building a manifold. Yeah. Uh, For them, it takes $20 off the bill of materials or whatever. Yeah, it yeah. tightens the package up. You know, you save weight. Because Theory, you have, lower lag. Yeah, less Theory. lag. Yeah, I don't know. Shit, we should try it. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> you, get the, you get the printer these days, right? Yeah, we've been doing a lot of exhaust stuff on the 3D printer, and it's... um. That pack, I mean, trying to, I don't know, it'd be weird. Then, what do you, how would you get, because aluminum heat, it, it gets rid of heat so fast, and the yeah. heat's the driving force. Ceramic coated, though. Yeah, are they? Well, I, I've seen that. Okay, yeah. so the old Porsche 964 had a ceramic exhaust port, you know? Yeah. So they just wanted to keep the heat, get it out of the head. Or the, do sodium coating on it, because that's real good at keeping heat in, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's good for... I know it's probably good for efficiency for, you know, and then good on the lowering the bill of, It'd be an bill of It'd materials. It would be an interesting experiment on your behalf. Yeah, but I'm not going to... It would be funny if it was only worth, like, 20 horsepower after, you know, yeah. six months of I was going to say, if, if I'm going to go cast ahead, it's not going to be fucking... T- t- I, thought you guys had the, uh, I thought you guys had the rapid prototyping set up. Yeah. The centered metal. Yeah, no, absolutely. But to do something... The, the, the table's only 11 by 11 by Oh, okay, by that's it. Okay, I thought you had a bigger table yeah, than that. Yeah, no. And then uh, to do something... In a yeah, to do a cylinder head, it's it's pretty pretty big challenge. Yeah, that is a big thing. I'll go talk to Vic Edelbrock or you know one of those guys. Hey, yeah. they're gonna be on tomorrow. Nice. So, uh, tell, tell them we said hi. Yeah. Who? PBI. They work on European car. Who? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. There are cars made outside of America. Yeah. I had a BB gun. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Never heard of her. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. Different, slightly, slightly different off the, off the 911s. What the hell's going on in the world of the uh, of the uh, the new four cylinder stuff? How are you? Get, have you guys play, been playing with that yet? I haven't even, I've driven one and I haven't seen it yet. But uh, on the dyno, the car made 276 at the ground uh, on the box good. on the box or the 718. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, holy shit! That's a two and a half liter turbo making like damn near 300 Solid. horsepower on pump gas, yep. bone stock. So there's a lot of potential there. Matt said that car was real fun. He yeah. went to the launch. He was like, "I think it was a blast." We a blast. Tune that tune in exhaust. And at the end of the day, you have to roll the punches and embrace the shit. You're not going to fight it because it's already done. Right. So fucking, you got you got one you got two roads to go down. You embrace it. You have fun with it. You move with it, or you hate on it and you roll back in and, and do your thing. None of which are a bad idea. You know, you can do either way. And I, you know, I kind of I dabble in both areas, but. I, I don't know. I'm just a big fan of technology. Whether it's the right move for what I feel should be right, or who, who the hell am I? You know, like I don't, you're a guy that builds Porsches. God damn it! Yeah, well, yeah, but you know, it's like a, I'm not gonna sit there and stomp my feet because. Okay, here's a good example um, of what I I thought was dumb was there's a, a company that modified a certain part on a Macan. And they did that before the Carrera S, the 991.2 Carrera S. 
I said, you guys are fucking idiots. Why would you do that? Like, focus your resources on this. It was their highest selling product that they've made to date on the Macan. Mm-hmm. So, who am I to say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they came back to me and said, hey, you remember when you... Uh, <laughs> you're, you're poo-booing our idea. Well, check these numbers. Well, out. it's just like we got we got a friend that has a brand new Macan, and uh, this is a guy that really would generally modify his car. And Matt goes, "Well, just go get a tune for it." So you know, I don't know, fifteen hundred bucks later, this guy would have never modified his car. He's like, "Yeah, I got like an eighty horsepower pump out of it." I'm yeah. like, there you go. And the Macan has like this big hole in the throttle that Sarah, that Trimble hates. Yeah. That it's just like this, either it's yeah. big, big lag and then bam and like it, it, it tries it, to give you that sense of rush of yeah, but right. you, you can write all that out. Yeah, and you can tune that out and yeah. that's what it did. And so it, she she was interested in it because it, she's like this fixes the problem with the car. Like driving around town is annoying. Yeah. It's just annoying. Yeah. Well, they, you know, people that don't know what that car is, they want this slow creep factor and they don't want to hit the throttle until they mean it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I drove. I drove both the new Carreras, and you know, a lot, half of you online are bitching. They're like, "This isn't that." Well, you know, the typical well, you know stuff. What? But it's go, it's go, driving. Go fucking great. drive the car. Yeah. It's incredible. It's great. It, yeah. it sounds like a Porsche. It's quick. It's got more power and more torque. And it's more efficient. All right, I'm happy. That's I, all we want. Out yeah. Of engines. When the car showed up at our shop, I was like stomping my feet a little bit, being a baby. I'm like, yeah. And then Jared's like, dude, you ought to go drive it. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Two days later, I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'll go drive it. I'm like. Damn it! This car is awesome. Mm-hmm. It was. It's really a really good car. Mm-hmm. I mean, really good car. It's uh, one of those ones where I think it actually sounds a little bit like an air cooled car. The new turbo ones. It does. So the exhaust. It's they. They didn't uh, on the S with the exhaust in the center. They actually like a GT3 where those exhaust pulses merge in the middle and they get that scream. They they kept them separate. Like one, if you look at the muffler, they got one coming in from you know one inlet from the top, one in from the bottom, and it's two separate chambers and so they have that pulsy air, early sound and it's, and it's awesome we actually used that exact muffler on a, on a 964 actually Magnus's car over there oh okay it's got a a, a 2017 Carrera S muffler on it Fast. And that's the, very interesting and, and it sounds so good it's not like so you can take a GT3 muffler put on early 911 and it has an amazing sound a very nice uniform sound but this still has like a, a pulsy like damn it that's a 964 yeah. So I think what you were touching on, it still sounds like kind of like an early-ish 911. I think they did a lot of that with the exhaust, and so it's pretty cool. They had to give something back to all the people that were stomping their feet. Yeah. That was the blown minds when you were like, yeah, we put this brand-new exhaust from the new turbo car on this old NA1. And we're like, what? But won't it... Ru- and it just nope, like, nah, sounds nah. amazing. It's badass. It's not too loud. It doesn't drone one bit, and it and it and when you're on the throttle, it still sounds like an early 911. Yeah. It's really easy to make an early 911 not sound like one, you know, but to keep horsepower up and it, it, I was pretty impressed so it was pretty cool yeah that car that great car is just gorgeous yeah it's badass yeah, yeah. it's not flashy it's it's not a it doesn't look like a Magnus the car the way he built that thing that car is all fucking business yeah I mean it's light it's it's there's nothing on that car that's on accident you know the way he did it there's nothing that isn't in a, there's nothing in excess I mean he fucking took the, all the electric windows and shit and he put cranks in there you know so he, it's pretty neat the approach that he took on that car. I, I, hats off, you know. It's, it's gorgeous, and I love, I love the fender vents on there. Just a nod to the new GT3. Yeah, Rod Emery knocked it out of the park. Yeah, with the fender vents. The yeah. best, the best thing though, are the subtle roof lines. Yeah, it's just like I didn't even see him at first, and so when he pointed them out, like, oh, 
Oh my God! Follows it right into the tail. Yep. There is so much. Beautiful. I mean, you you've seen unless did you talk with him about that car? No, I haven't seen. Matt okay, so listen, that the car is like an onion. It just from from far it's rad, but then you get close and you, you look at little things like the 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 uh, the gap between the deck lid and the body. Oh yeah, the gaps are. Yep, and but the radiuses are changed. Where it used to have a square edge, now it's a rounded edge, so it matches the roof more. And the hand-beaten roof that that bubbled just a hair. I mean, I'm not that's, gonna give it away. I want you guys to go look to, at it. That stuff matters so yeah. much. Like you, the your, your eyes almost see it yeah. without seeing it. You just like. But then I your love eyes this. don't see it because it's so effortless in the, yeah. in the design. Yeah, the, and the, the tail light yeah. boxes—they look factory, but they're not. Yeah. Yeah. No, that I noticed. Like everything yeah. down yeah. to that, where you're just—it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. If he's the, not careful, he's gonna turn into Rob. I know. <laughs> that yeah. car is ridiculous. How? So let me ask you one uh, completely unrelated to now. How happy are you not to be staring at Matt's Mustang? Amazing. Uh, as much as I like Matt's Mustang, I fucking hate his Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always said, like, childhood, my buddy John, who he's from Seattle, he's I'm actually staying with him tonight. Uh, you know, it's like he... We grew up in Mustangs. Like, I have my 67. You know, he had that. We learned to go get sideways in those cars and way before. Oh, we were all the same age. Those, yeah. car, those cars were dirt cheap yes. when we were in high school. Yeah, so the 5-liter the five, five <laughs> notchback was the car to have to go get sideways in. You know, and just, you know, put cams and head, heads in, or heads in the cam in it. Yeah. You're done. And uh, so I love driving his car, too, because it's like, it really feels like a V8 shift. The, the, the car turns in so hard, and it just—it actually works pretty fucking well. Yeah. But if you look at the car, something breaks on it, and you're like, "Shit, okay, maybe it wasn't designed to have 295s and independent suspension and pull like a G and a half." You know, yeah. maybe the, that poor rickety ass chassis. It'll, mean, it'll find that weak link, yeah. even if it's that like box the chassis designed in 1971. Yes. Was not, yeah. Yeah. So, so things come up, you know, and like maybe the wheel bearings weren't meant for that. But then we end up addressing that kind of thing, and the, the car. The car is, I mean, now it's a. You've it's, done everything on it. There's nothing. Yeah, except like I keep telling. He's like, oh no, I like it making 296 horsepower of the tire. It's fine. It's fine. It's a moment. That's not gonna last. Okay, no shit. Yeah, that, that thing should be making 600 wheel, and it should be because the the chassis. He did it right though. He did it right. The whole car is well overbuilt for that power plant. You know, I mean. It, to me, I, I like the car. It makes me giggle. But the, the only reason that engine has stayed that long is because he hasn't driven it, because it was it was being thick. Because there's so many problems. Yeah. But now, if he yeah. drives it four times, he's gonna immediately be like, I think it's. I'll think. I'll start thinking about Coyote, whatever he's yeah. gonna do. Well, and LS. the thing that's gonna the thing's gonna kill him at that point. So then he's gonna have to ride a real big jack all at once. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like he drove. Yeah. He drove. Uh, he can't inch up on it. He drove yeah. that Mike Kids LS swapped Fox, and he's like, I love this thing. Yeah. So you know, he get an LS swap. Yeah. That's a minimum four hundred wheel minimum. I don't know what he was making, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where you can start and then do some work on. I mean, well, and the beautiful take, thing, if you really wanted to, you could do an LS3 E rod for twenty five grand and never have to deal with emissions problems True. ever again. You should just do yeah, that because it comes with the EO number, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. He should just take the drivetrain from his Corvette and put it. In <laughs> <laughs> it still awesome. would still wouldn't get him legal though. No. Oh no, not at all. But no, but I, it, you know, it sound like a V eight. It would be already right. yeah. yeah, yeah. Or just go crazy on that 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 three hundred two in there. True. You're gonna do an 8500 RPM. Oh, just put some decent cylinder heads and a nice cam in it, and it'd be all the difference in the world. You make probably make 330 at the wheels. Talk to Mike Meyer. That guy knows 302. Fuck, have you seen his he Mustang? Knows, 
he's blue one? Not in a while. I just or saw it. Is it here? Okay, so it, oh, cool. it used to not have flares on it, right? And yeah. Still had, it's flared. It's got white Panasport looking wheel. That's my. That's one of my favorite cars, man. That thing is bad. So I, it was outside. We just walked by it. And I was like, holy shit, he flared it. You know, it's like. Crazy. So it's got, it looks like it has 335s on all four corners. I didn't look close enough, but. Yeah, he knows how, he knows a thing or two about making those cars go around. A so track. Matt Andrews got his uh, he's got a Fox body here that uh, that, that teamed up with Magnaflow on, and they did a Coyote swap in it in the IRS. And, yeah, Bad. he's got another one that Bodie's doing. It's a I think it's like an '89 GT that once again Coyote swap, but ITBs and like all this other shit. It's just like, oh, congratulations, you're gonna have a hundred twenty thousand dollar Fox body. Yeah, hundred twenty thousand dollars, six thousand dollar car, badass. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that person loves it forever and keeps it because yeah. you'll never, you know, well, never make money. I mean, it's it's what I, it's same thing I tell my customers. Yeah, we can do that. Are you planning on keeping this car? Yeah. yeah. All right. Fine. Let's do it. You know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were talking about Casey and, and and different directions on cars that he wants to build, and it was the same thing. It's like, well, I can do this. Is that sensible or not? Or am I just going to keep it forever? Fine. You know, I'll just build what I want. Mm-hmm. And that's um, same thing with the fire. There's no difference. Metal and engines and pistons and fucking cool shit and if it makes you happy then do it what do you gotta do as mm-hmm. I've said a couple times we're in a building dedicated to sending metal down the road on inflatable rubber yeah it's all ridiculous yeah. it's all ridiculous <laughs> and unnecessary when you put it like that yeah <laughs> we want to make metal roll down the road on inflatable things yeah you're right yeah that's yeah. all we're doing yeah it's silly it's silly that's a, 300 years ago people are gonna look at it like what yeah. What the fuck? No. You guys didn't have transporters? Oh. Yeah. yeah. You guys are still not telecommunicating. Yeah. You can and, teleport. Yeah. What? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that would seem quaint. Yeah. No, it's... um. You have to cook your food? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just <laughs> think. <and> we're <laughs> done. You guys eat? Yeah. yeah, that'll yeah. Be, that will be it. Yeah. yeah. That, that's next. Bullshit. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we're at an hour now, so and we're about ready to wrap up. They're going to kick us out of here in a few minutes anyway. It's almost five. So, uh... I guess uh, sign off and say, uh, once again, thanks to Magnaflow for very graciously hosting us in here. Uh, the Forza guys, uh, for one, bringing out the uh, the two Forza Horizon 3 sleds. And um, go out and get that damn game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it, you can get it at xbox.com, right on your Xbox Live, or walk into some store if you're into, like, leaving your house and being in public. Yeah. Uh, so do that. And uh, also thanks to Fanatec for shipping out the wheels for that. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you just so much for coming on. Yeah, uh, thank you. Literally guys. coming right in from LA, so uh, really appreciate it. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for having us. Thank Always you. enjoy doing this. All right, peace and love.